is a god of the game. Well, we thought the worst was over, but the Indian ODI team had other ideas. While the senior men's team were busy getting thrashed by South Africa, the under-19 boys were returning the favour by producing some spectacular batting. This game week, La Liga saw three teams coming back from a 2-0 deficit, which means, is there a title race? Whereas in the Premier League, Southampton and the referees made sure there is still hope for Liverpool to catch City. Sergio Ramos' first goal for PSG, Smriti Mandana on top of women's cricket and mysteriously long bathroom breaks taking their headline in Australian Open. Let's go! Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Sports Charcha, where we are in the middle of an international break. Well, it's an actual break for European footballers, international break for South American, North American and Asian footballers who will be playing their qualifiers and of course the African players are playing their AFCON. But yeah, there are a lot other things to talk about. India's abysmal show in South Africa, Under-19 World Cup, Australian Open and as usual to do all that, let's Welcome, Ishan. Hi, guys. Happy to be back. Lots to talk about. Let's get started. Yeah, I mean, let's start off with the horrible show by the Indian senior men's cricket team. I think it's very important to mention that because the junior team is actually doing a pretty good job. We'll get to that. But yeah, as I said, 3-0 defeat against South Africa. Okay, ODI team South Africa is not as bad as the test team, but still 3-0 I mean, did you feel that the Indian players took it seriously? I'm actually, I want to say something. I'm actually glad it was 3-0 because India almost won the third game and it would have, uh, you know, covered the cracks uh, and it would have been quite an unjust uh, result. Uh, but I think the 3-0, I think our ODI team, uh, you're, right, you're rightly said, I think we were a little overconfident. Uh, I wouldn't say overconfident as well. I was, we were more relaxed, laid back. Uh, Going back home or ending the series was on our minds. Uh, this series overall has been pretty controversial. A lot of things have happened that shouldn't have happened. Uh, you know, the, the dividing opinions on what Kohli did and how our selection went, who should be taken out, and we discussed this over the last episode. But I feel this is a very important stage in India's uh, cricketing journey uh, because we were almost one of the strongest teams, both in tests and ODIs. And suddenly we're looking at cracks. Has Bumrah been figured out uh, in the three ODIs? Did he do very much? He was effective on a bowling-friendly pitch because these are bouncy pitches that actually can cause distress. And uh, the South African batsmen, especially in the ODIs, were pretty comfortable with him. Uh, do we have a good spinner in ODIs? Uh, we don't, right? Yeah, yeah. There is, looks like there is, yeah. So how... how no, I mean, with, with, with Jadeja out, I mean, it's one player. I mean, Jadeja is an important player. I'm not trying to, uh, uh, I'm not trying to diminish the importance of Jadeja. But then, like, just removing that one player, the team suddenly looks weak. See, my personal understanding or the way I felt how it went was, A, the players, I don't think they took the series, at least the ODI series, very seriously. And number two, players are fatigued. I mean, they have been playing since September, if you see. IPL, under sorry, uh, World Cup T20, then the New Zealand series, then the South African series. So, I believe fatigue must have also played a little bit of factor, at least in the ODI part. See, I, I get that. And that that was the debate uh, the English had with the, you know, the Ashes debacle. 
but india with its, the resources it happens it can create an a b c d team right yeah. do that right if if south africa south africa has always been a very important series historically for india there is no reason for us to not take it seriously just because you're fatigue because at the end of the day you're representing your country so anyone who was fatigue should have been rested and uh, if we lost that we, we would have had a legitimate reason for it but if you're fielding a full strength squad people like us you me and obviously the rest of the country want good results right so i i understand that but i don't have sympathy for that because especially with india's resources at hand right uh, that cannot be an excuse how many players who we thought should be in the 11 anyway were not even selected for the tour right uh, like sanju samson for example i have no idea how he does not make the indian squad year after year of performing in t20s etc and in, in the ranjis so uh, i like i'm still on my on the fence with this one but i also want to give a big up to how south africa uh, performed in this series tremendous like for the first time ever i felt they were not given a shot in their home series and they showed what they had worth mentally in terms of how they performed quinton decock uh, retired from a lot of formats and he scored a century in the last game a brilliant knock uh, so kudos to them they did incredibly well i won't say it's a disaster for us but i think both of us were talking about this something about dravid man like you know it's when he was captain everyone thought he's going to be the greatest captain ever because of how he thinks about the game it didn't work out i hope it's not the same case when it comes to his coaching it's not a very auspicious start for him yeah and as you said a big up to south africa they have found a very able leader in temba bauma i was superbly impressed i mean he is superb is the next big thing from south africa jane man malan a uh, very interesting name uh, played a very crucial knock decock as you said becoming a more and more material figure for the south african odi team everyone pitched in van der dessen the entire team was extremely well and the ease with which they won the first two games i mean it was not even a contest they just like walked all over india apart from the deepak chahar's rear guard action i think it was pretty much a uh uh a series to forget for indian fans now good now this is all done uh indian players are back home and uh, the focus is back on ipl the big auction is coming up 12th feb lucknow team has their name finalized lucknow super giants i'm pretty sure their marketing team must have some i don't know i don't want to comment on the competency of a marketing team but they just chipkowed lucknow and removed pune <laughs> and just paid the same i was i was thinking where have i heard that name before <laughs> like i i have to understand like why why does in ipl fail with its name creativity look at the bbl like there's such cool name like renegade stars thunder scorchers you know the name which have some merit to it but we are our ipl team that is ridiculous everything is related to either being a king or a knight or something super or being massive or huge like what is a super giant a giant by definition exactly. is huge how can you call it's like super gulliver's travel that doesn't make sense right see the rising pune super giants made some sense i mean i'm saying some sense because it was owned by rp sanjeev goenka 
So RPSG, so they made it Rising Pune Super Giants. Lucknow Super Giants, who is running now some L Sanjeev Goenka? I mean, the first name comes to me is a Hindi curse word, which I don't want to say it here. <laughs> no, but I think either we go back in terms of, see, the irony of this is that the two really good names we ever had were probably uh, one of the worst performing teams in IPL. Kochi Tuskers, great name. Uh, we know what happened to them. Deccan Chargers, great name. They changed they change their name to, you know, a really bad name now. Uh, and the other is being very obvious, like Delhi Capital. So, you know, Mumbai Arabian Seas, uh, <laughs> Calcutta Hauras, you know, make it fucking obvious. Like, <laughs> that's also creative. No, I mean, at least make it something Nawabi, na? like Lucknow's are known for Nawabs. Yeah, I don't Lucknow know. Tundes. Anyways. Lucknow yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's not uh, our area of concern here. So yeah, guys, uh, auction is coming on. This is by far the biggest auction in the history of IPL. So watch out for it. It's going to be for two days, full on action. But yeah, moving on from the disappointing senior team, let's move on to the impressive under 19 team. I mean, they are kicking ass. I mean, as we said before, Indian under 19 team have been stars for a while now last three editions they reached the finals this time they won all their three games in spite of a, a minor covid outbreak within the squad the captain wasn't there uh, they won the first game against south africa which we talked about but then they thrashed ireland and a poor uganda team they defeated uganda by 326 runs an odi game with a winning margin of 326 runs. I mean, these kind of things are only possible in under-19 and, and and these kind of World Cups. It was great to see. I mean, were you able to catch up on the highlights or something? Some really hard-hitting batsmen, I, batters. I saw the highlights to the India-Uganda game. Obviously, uh, inferior team, no offense to them, new new country playing cricket, great to watch them. But uh, it's just superior talent right now. Uh, with the Indian team and some of the batsmen, you know, they they look like they're going to become something. My only fear is that this is just a platform to be for them to become go into the IPL. It's the timing is perfect right now, and yeah. then we know what happens, right? Anyone joins the Mumbai Indians will play for India or the RCB. Actually, not RCB anymore, but just Mumbai Indians. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one talent, uh, which I mean, the one talent who caught everyone's attention was Brevis from South Africa, who in many angles resembled the great ABD. I still think, I mean, obviously, ABD is ABD. There is still a very, 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 very long way for Brevis to go to reach that level. But there are some signs. Hopefully, we see another legendary South African batsman batter again coming up the ranks. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's going on. The quarterfinals are on. Uh, England are playing South Africa. Afghanistan are playing Sri Lanka. Australia are playing Pakistan. And India are playing Bangladesh. That's a repeat of the last edition's finals. Remember, guys, Bangladesh are the, are the reigning champions of the under-19 uh, men's cricket World Cup. So that's on. So continue watching that. Let's support our Indian team and hope they come up trumps this time. Now, moving on to the women's cricket team. I mean, this wasn't a surprise at all. The ICC Cricketer of the Year uh, were announced. I mean, all the awards were announced. Women's Cricketer of the Year, Smriti Mandana, no-brainer. 
absolutely again she's done it again this is not the first time she's won it yeah. uh, she's i mean she's just like my i think she's my favorite uh, indian cricketer male or female right now uh, yeah. she went to the bbl like dominated and she's done the same this year in the calendar year again in all formats of the game so congratulations to her she's just amazing Yeah, congratulations, Smriti, and congratulations to uh, Lizzie Lee of South Africa who won the women's ODI cricket, and uh, Tammy Bermond who won the ODI. Sorry, T Twenty uh, Cricketer of the Year, women's from the women's cricket, and the men's cricket completely swept over by Pakistan. I mean, Shaheen Afridi won the men's cricketer of the year, Babar Azam ODI cricketer of the year. मोहम्मद रिजवान टी ट्वेंटी क्रिकेटर ऑफ द इयर अगेन आई रियली डोंट हैव एनी ग्रज और एनी आर्ग्यूमेंट अगेंस्ट दीज थ्री चॉइसेस ऑल थ्री ऑफ देम वेर एक्सेप्शनल जो रूट वन द टेस्ट क्रिकेटर ऑफ द इयर आई माइट हैव अ स्लाइट आर्ग्यूमेंट देयर बट आई बिलीव जो रूट डिड वेल इन अ वेरी वेरी पुअर परफॉर्मिंग इंग्लैंड टीम आई थिंक ही इज द ओनली गाई हू डिड बेटर देयर cool so that's about it now before wrapping up uh, the cricket updates uh, we witnessed one of the most devastating t20 innings ever i mean we have seen chris gales 180 against uh, a bangalore team not a bangalore team i think it was the kochi team i think it was a kochi team kochi the then kochi team kochi tuskers yeah it was a then kochi team and uh, we have seen uh brendan mccullum destroying rcb in the first ever ipl game uh, we have seen some of abd's innings but glen maxwell my god 154 of 64 deliveries melbourne stars he scored 273 in 20 overs is that a record i mean i may not know actually yes that is that is a record and i know you you spoke about a lot of great uh, ipl in, uh, innings but since uh, i'm an australian fan there are some incredible i dbl innings to watch and you guys should watch it on youtube there's travis head peter hanscom and ben mcdermott who's probably one of my favorite cricketers in the bbl he's not he's the only player to do back to back hundreds uh, but uh, glen maxwell that match i think this season itself he's actually shown his potential uh, in terms of what everyone thought he could be uh, he's taken one incredible catch spectacular one of the catches of the year Uh, and this innings 154 he didn't take a risk he didn't play any stupid shot if you look at the highlights obviously the bowling was abysmal they were bowling short at his leg and he was just flicking it for six behind third man uh, not too hard but uh, it's unbelievable it, the, i saw a different mentality from ben, uh, glen maxwell i hope if he shows up at the ipl we see some of that because he's a pure entertainer he's like what afridi used to be for us when we were kids uh and he almost would end his career like an afridi that never achieved full potential uh but i hope he doesn't do that uh and he was the irony of it was and bala and i were discussing this that the non striker in that innings was uh stoinis and stoinis was the previous record holder for the highest score in bbl history so it was a great uh, great thing to watch and a great victory and a great performance Yeah, BBL is about to end. We have only two more games. I mean, we are recording this on Tuesday night, so tomorrow there is a challenger game between Adelaide Strikers and Sydney Sixers. The winner of which will meet Perth Squatchers in the finals on Friday morning Indian time. 
So that's about it for all the cricket updates. In the next section, we will move on to European football where we had some really exciting games over the weekend, some really important title race updates. So yes, let's see you on the other side. Absolutely world class. Welcome back to Sports Charcha. Now moving on to European football. But instead of starting at EPL, which we usually do, we are going to start where the title race is getting really, really hot. And the top four race is also heating up big time. A weekend where we had some exciting games. Yes, we are talking about La Liga. There were three games where the three top four contenders, in fact, one title contender, one challenger and one top four contender came from 2-0 behind and two teams drawing and one team eventually going on to win the game. Now, let's start with Atletico Madrid versus Valencia. Atletico Madrid, I mean, they are going through a lean patch. In fact, uh, Simeone said before this game in his press conference that this is the worst that he has seen Atletico gone through in his tenure in the last 10 years of Simeone's tenure. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to argue against that. In fact, this is the worst. I have also seen Atletico in a very, very long time. They are coming into this game after a two-all draw against Villarreal, losing the Supercopa game against Athletic Club, losing the Copa del Rey game against Real Sociedad and going tunnel down in the halftime. But Atletico Madrid showed what Simeone says, cojones, and uh, won the game 3-2. I mean, were you able to catch some highlights? What I mean, what just happened? I saw the entire game. Wow. I saw the entire game. <laughs> uh, the first half, Atletico Madrid was the same Atletico Madrid of the last 5-6 games. They were absolutely horrible. Uh, Valencia pummeled them from the kickoff till the 45th minute halftime whistle. It could have been many more goals, uh, but Valencia had a really well-deserved 2-0 victory. And then in the second half, as you rightly said, I think everyone in the dressing room would have been slapped. I think there's that famous viral video of this coach slapping every single child player football. I think what, that's what Simeone did to the Atletico uh, team. And they came out a different squad. And, and I, this was also the first time ever I've seen the Wanda Metropolitana Boo Simeone when he took off Jao Felix. Wow. Uh, it was quite a sight. I've never seen them seen them boo, but it changed the game. Suarez, everyone came up clutch. Uh, end goal scored by I think by by Hermoso defender like a set piece. What we've known Atletico to score from. Uh, well deserved victory at the end because in the second half Atletico were the superior side, but what a game! Dramatic. They needed that win because they're so far off the pace in La Liga. It's become a joke right now and it's good to see them back and getting some results. This was the first time in Atletico Madrid's history that they have won a league game from a losing position by the end of the 90th minute. This has never happened before in the history what? of Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Wow, in the league, wow. in the league, let me repeat. They've never, they've never trailed and won ever in the league? Yeah, after 90 minutes, after the, wow. the usual, the Supplated 90 minutes time. So yeah, great win for Atletico. Uh, not great for Barcelona, who themselves found it really, really hard to beat uh, Alaves 1-0. 
it's really it was one of the most boring and one of the worst games probably the worst game of the chavi era but yeah what barca need right now is a result and a result is what they got and they get into this international break with one point behind atletico madrid whom they will face after they come back from the international break so the next la liga game is between atletico madrid and barcelona one of the most important six pointers of this season now moving away from the top 4 contenders the title uh, elect or the champions elect versus the challengers sevilla both of both of them were 2-0 down and they came back draw the game 2-2 first get to real madrid uh benzema missing a penalty for the first time ever in his uh, in his real madrid career and then going off with a hamstring injury i i i didn't read the recent updates what's the update on the injury so i think he'll be fine for post the international break he'll be especially he'll be back mostly for the psg game which is very important for us but yeah uh, first penalty missed as for real madrid he's not to be honest taken to many penalties due to a certain cr7 uh but it was i think it was again we discussed this last time real madrid come up with these anomaly results which are not expected and not deserved i think it's something to do with the opposing team the last time a team had more than seven players out due to either covid or injury was shakhtar donetsk against real madrid and they thrashed real madrid al uh, elche had nine players out and they didn't have a bench and in the match in the 30th minute one of their players got injured and got taken off and they didn't have the right player to see and then madrid had a lot of chances but they just couldn't convert but luckily after being 2-0 down they usual like as usual madrid style they came back eda militao is the new sergio ramos i said it i put it out in the universe uh he gets far less red cards he's now scoring clutch goals but what made me really happy was eden hazard had a really good game uh he played really well he started the game he was you know in the middle of things he was creating a lot of chances etc it was very good to watch him uh, another fun fact luka modric scored his first penalty for real madrid in his 10th season yeah. so in although it's drop points uh, it doesn't affect us that badly because sevilla dropped their game in hand points as well uh, so yeah we would have had a six point lead but we now go away with a four point lead which is fine in the international break the important thing to notice a note for this season which could end up being dramatic is sevilla have the head to head over us this season and the la liga is decided on head to head yeah and sevilla as you said drew their game against celta vigo 2-2 again they were 2-0 down uh, by half time and they came back scoring two goals papu gomes and oliver torres scored their goals sevilla again a depleted squad they have lot of injury problems lot of covid issues in fact lopetegui himself uh, was isolated uh, he wasn't there in the bench and uh, today i saw the news uh, looks like anthony marcial is heading to sevilla his loan deal uh, is going to get completed uh, hopefully we'll see the official announcement very soon so yeah that's where we are with la liga it's heating up very nicely real madrid still are the favorites carlo ancelotti are is carlo ancelotti is in line to win that one elusive title that one elusive trophy that is missing in his glorious cabinet which is the la liga 
uh, if he wins this, he will become the only manager ever to win leagues in all the five top leagues. So yeah, let's see how that goes. Now, moving on to the other league, the English Premier League. Now, see, this particular game happened pretty much six days before or even seven days before. I don't, in fact, forgot when it happened. But the way the game ended, this game deserves to be Deserves at least two minutes of, of this podcast time. Yes, guys, we are talking about Leicester versus Tottenham. Apologies for bringing this up after a week, but dude, this game deserves. I was watching this game live. It was late night for me to shout because there are people sleeping around, so I don't want to disturb them, but I wanted to shout. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it reminded me of the Ajax comeback Spurs did at the, in the Champions League a couple of seasons ago when Poch was the manager. But I think for anyone who missed the game, go to the Spurs YouTube channel and see the highlights when the the, the local Spurs commentators are uh, doing the match. The reactions in the 95th and the 97th minute when Burgoyne scores. Oh, oh my God. The, like, it was... I mean, who would have thought? Like, you know, 2-1 down, 93rd minute. And against the run of play, Burgoyne equalizes and from kickoff, they steal... Telemans gives away the ball. Kane does a through ball to Bergwijn and he slots it away for a winner in the 96th minute. Unbelievable. This is what I think this is why we love, both of us love and a lot of the entire world loves football because of for dramatic moments like this and it's unbelievable. Also, Tottenham broke an EPL record for the latest ever winning comeback after trailing for almost 94 minutes. Uh, guess whose record they broke? Give me a hint. It was one of the most... Because I'm inclined to say United. It, this is one of the most iconic moments in, in EPL's history. Wow. Oh, Aguero. Aguero. Yes. It's City winning uh, against QPR when Jeko scored the first goal and Aguero followed it up with... Yeah, I mean, which is which is eventually the most important goal. One of the most... Or probably the most important goal ever scored in EPL history. Yes, so that's where, uh, so EPL again, coming back to this weekend fixtures. Well, this weekend games, uh, we can summarize it with two, three points. One is horrible refereeing decisions. One bizarre penalty, like I'm a Liverpool fan. I was watching the game. I was going, Diego Jota, what are you doing, man? What is this? What are you doing? And then like, with the referee awarded a penalty, I mean, dude, are you guys serious? It's not just one referee. One referee in the VAR panel and one on-field referee both thought that it's a penalty. I don't understand, man. I really don't understand. <laughs> and it's a complete joke. But I also want to say Spurs went back to default against Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, because my next refereeing decision was that game. Was that really a push Harry Kane on Thiago Silva or Thiago Silva uses experience? Experience, complete experience. You see it. I saw it. Like you see it a hundred times on highlight. It's Thiago Silva being the smartest person in the room. He knows how it works. He's like a seasoned vet, and he played it perfectly. Yeah, like a Brazilian would do. <laughs> yes, and yeah, coming back to the Tottenham Chelsea game. Uh, Chelsea probably wouldn't mind facing Tottenham five or six times in in a league in the season and this season they have played them four times and they have won what 8-0 in aggregate like Tottenham haven't scored Tottenham apparently haven't scored a goal against Chelsea or let me put it this way the last time a Tottenham player scored a goal against Chelsea in the league 
Sari was their manager. Uh, Hazard was still oh. playing for Chelsea. It's that bad. The Tottenham. I mean, it goes to show the gulf in gap between the two squads. Basically, the quality of the players that they have. Lukaku had a decent game. Again, not the best Lukaku that we have seen, but definitely not the worst Lukaku we saw last week. So he had a better game. But yeah, uh, the most important players, Hakim Ziyech, again a worldy. It's again one of the contenders for the goal of the season. The ball couldn't have gone anywhere else. It landed at the perfect spot. I mean, incredible, incredible goal, incredible, incredible win for Chelsea actually. But apart from Chelsea's win and Liverpool's win, the result that actually made this weekend more interesting is Man City dropping points against Southampton. Who would have thought? I mean, again, it's the thirteenth game. The unlucky number. All those voodoo effects uh, came uh, to assist Liverpool and Chelsea. I mean, I'm, I still don't think there is a title race. Man City are still way ahead in terms of uh, the challenge. But yeah, if there was a slight chance, a slight glimmer of hope, uh, Southampton provided that. It was a one-one draw. Did you see the post-match interview of Pep? I didn't see the interview, but I was just wanted to. Uh, I saw the highlights. I think Southampton gave a very good show of themselves throughout the game. Obviously, don't look at possession. Don't look at chances created because obviously you'll see the city dominate that. But if you look at the highlights, it was a pretty solid performance by Southampton in in terms of the division or the disparity in talent they had across the field. So, meaning I want give big shout out to the Saints for that. But yeah, go ahead. What was what did Pep say? I mean, like, see, uh, I love Pep. I mean, I'm a Barcelona fan. I adore that man. But it is always fun to see Pep's press conference after a defeat or after a draw. He just loses it, bro. So when the Sky Sports presenter asked him how was the performance, uh, Pep went, uh, "This is uh, the best performance of the season so far." And then the presenter said, "Like, uh, really?" And then Pep took a pause. Like he stared at him for like two seconds, and then went closer to the mic and said, "By far." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy is is so fun to watch in a press conference after a loss. But yeah, yeah. I mean, City, as I said, right? Like it's it's very funny to watch City when they go a goal behind. Uh, they get so flustered. They press so hard. It's like it's it's very uncomfortable for them to go behind, and uh, you see their uh, their defense breaking up. You see uh, they getting exposed. But you've seen that with so, Pep yeah. teams, right? Throughout, like when he was at Barcelona, even when when he was at Bayern. If you crack City early on, like what Arsenal did a couple of weeks ago, where the first twenty minutes against uh, City they were completely dominant. Uh, if they had scored, you could. You're completely right. Pep's teams crack under pressure. They, I don't know, they just lose their brains. And we've seen that when Bayern faced Real Madrid, when they got thrashed. We've seen how Barca used to get thrashed by Bayern. Uh, you know, once they start get trailing, it's uh, it's very tough. But meaning again, this season, I think it's a write-off. I still think City is winning it. Uh, but yeah, it makes it a little more interesting. Gives Liverpool a bit of a stent uh, to see if you know chances. There's an opportunity there. Yeah, talking about race getting interesting. Top four is getting interesting again. Uh, the tables have shifted there. United are on the fourth position after. Well, the performance was very impressive. I have to say this was a very. I would say I would use the word control, which something Ragnik wanted to use 
uh, wanted to express for a while so united had a control performance obviously they fell short up front and in the end ragnit just through kitchen sink he brought in martial there was ronaldo cavani rashford bruno fernandes everyone on the pitch and eventually those five players combined to score that final decisive goal and very happy for rashford man i mean this the the guy had his own problems he's been having a tough time uh, on the pitch but yeah good to see him scoring he scored the last goal against brentford also again a very important goal against uh, against west ham so yeah very very good one for uh, manchester united they are on fourth position right now and the fact that they defeated west ham west ham uh, yes i mean they are one of the contenders uh, for the top four position even though they have some injury problems uh, they don't have that bigger squad like the other contenders so that race is getting interesting because out of the four teams that are contesting for that fourth spot uh, arsenal drop points tottenham drop points and obviously west ham drop points so that race is getting quite interesting so yeah a lot to look forward to once when the players come back from the injury break so that is it for epl now moving on to seria where the race is slightly getting a little boring i do you see inter peeling off slowly i mean they now have what about four points five points away in fact they are they are four points away with a game in hand so that's potentially seven points of napoli who's second not milan so inter uh It's too early, or I mean, Inter are just solid. This season, they're just solid. Like I, uh, in previous years, I would have said even under Conte, I would have said that they're still a sniff. Uh, but under Simone, Simone Inzaghi, they just feel very like you feel very confident of a result going Inter's way when a match starts. And uh, in the last match against, I think it was against uh, Venezia, uh, they were losing, uh, you know, trailing, and then Zeko came back. and scored a last gasp winner as well so the things are going their way as well you know they've botched their luck and you know they're getting results all out of the way uh, and the other teams in the league napoli uh, napoli milan they are constantly dropping points and they have games against each other left as well so there will be points drop there so it looks really good for inter to defend their title uh, but yeah anything can happen man but I'm confident Inter Inter can do it. Also, the fact that uh, Milan dropped points in two consecutive games. I mean, we all know they lost to Spezia last weekend, and this weekend uh, they drew against Juventus, and it was a nil-nil game. I mean, if I tell you that uh, Milan played Juventus and it was a nil-nil game, nine out of ten times one would assume that it was a boring draw. But this wasn't boring actually. This was a very good game. I saw the whole game. Milan had some decent chances, but uh, they really couldn't. Uh, the net juventus yeah did well they were solid at the back but again they couldn't trouble mainyan much there was one interesting news that came out of this week that both um, inter and uh, milan played at san siro on the same weekend which doesn't happen a lot because of which the pitch had some issues players had a lot of problems zlatan was uh, taken off way too early jurud uh, came to replace him and he didn't have a great game he had a couple of decent chances but uh, but fluffed it so yeah inter eventually won this game week 
and uh, as i was saying before they are now four points ahead the top four race is getting interesting atlanta once again uh, drew their game they are one point ahead of juventus with a game in hand so the top four race is getting pretty interesting roma had a good win they defeated uh, empoli 4-2 in fact they were 4-0 up in the first half and uh, the second half they conceded two goals and didn't score any and when uh, during the post match when the reporter was asking what happened in the second half uh, mourinho went that they wanted uh, mourinho <laughs> said that uh, he wanted to give something interesting to the viewers he doesn't want the viewers to change the channel and uh, watch something else so that's why uh, roma conceded two goals and uh, <laughs> made the game interesting for the viewers yeah <laughs> typical typical mourinho he's going full marinho so that's where uh, seria is right now inter as we said four points away with a game in hand bundesliga nothing much happened it's a same old story dortmund won their match bayern won their match but yeah the only news is bayern scored four goals without lewandowski scoring i mean that's has to oh, be the headlines in, in europe news <laughs> that's <laughs> our <laughs> podcast podcast title lewandowski <laughs> exactly. didn't score when bayern scored four but forget about lewandowski not scoring sergio ramos opened this account for psg psg won their game uh, i mean they played a, a ram they defeated ram 4-0 again a very boring first half performance but again second half apostino uh, brought in the big guns and they won 4-0 sergio ramos scored his first goal um, and he is right now uh tied with Lionel Messi in terms of number of league goals this season and he has played what at least 15 games less than him <laughs> yeah meaning what i i fear that ramos is going to do something drastic and decisive in the champions league against us it's a it's a very uh, awkward feeling i have right now you know when he scored and i assumed that he would probably be injured probably we skip that game it would have been good for my heartstrings but now i think he's getting into form and he post the match and i'm looking forward to play real madrid i think i didn't like the way he said that gave me gave me making me a little uncomfortable because you have one of our saviors against barcelona and one of our nightmares against barcelona now playing against us together that is not a very comfortable uh, sight for me and to add to that one of our future superstars hopefully by next season imagine all three combined and knock us out that wouldn't be a very funny experience for me oh also the fact that unvaccinated players cannot play in france so some of the real madrid and chelsea players might not feature in the away legs so that's another problem for real madrid when they face psg at uh, at paris so that's about it for all the european updates Now let's move on to the African Cup of Nations which has been happening for the last 2 weeks and it has already seen a lot of upsets tournament favorites Algeria I mean the reigning champions who came into the tournament with what about 30 33 games unbeaten record they lost in the group stages itself they are out and so does Ghana again another favorites who got eliminated in the group stages itself now we are in the round of 16 where we probably have seen the biggest upset of all 
Tunisia has defeated Nigeria 1-0 in the round of 16 and they are through to the quarterfinals. Cameroon versus Cape Comoros game uh, had a very, very unfortunate incident. There was a stampede outside the stadium and uh, I saw the latest reports about eight people have uh, have lost their lives it's very unfortunate very sad to see that happening and yeah cameroon the host nation they won their game 2-1 and they are also through to the quarterfinals senegal who are again one of the favorites they defeated cape verde 2-0 so they are also through and uh, we have Egypt facing uh, Ivory Coast or Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, again, one of the tournament favourites. So, that game is happening. Bro, everyone you're naming is a favourite. <laughs> See, the... the <laughs> you just named eight countries and said one of the favourites after that. Okay, let me let me explain it properly. The pre-tournament favourites were Algeria, Senegal, Ivory Coast and Cameroon. Uh, but uh, Nigeria wasn't a pre-tournament favourites. They became favourites after they started playing the tournament. But yeah, right now it's between Senegal, Cameroon and the winner of Ivory Coast and Egypt. So Ivory Coast will be playing Egypt. Uh, for Liverpool's sake, I hope Egypt loses. Uh, so if there are any Egypt fans, please forgive us. Egypt is not one of the favourites. No, Egypt is not one of the favorites. Actually, apart from Salah, they are one of those, they are the 2018 Argentina team where the remaining 10 players have nothing else to do. All they can do is to give the ball to Messi and think and like expect him to do something magical. And that's what's happening with Egypt. And Salah is like isolated all the time. So yeah, it's pretty sad out there. So yeah, guys, that's about it for all the European football updates. As I was saying, this is a break so no European action for the next two weeks. So we have all the World Cup qualifiers, the South American, North American, Asian World Cup qualifiers happening. In fact, South American qualifiers pretty much wrapped up. Brazil and Argentina are already through. So you have the other ones fighting for uh, the qualification places, Uruguay, Colombia, all of them are fighting. So those games will be interesting. If you are really interested in watching them, matches happen at uh, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. time. So watch out for that so that's about it for all the major updates this week now in the next section we will quickly talk about what's going on at the australian open Welcome back to Sports Chacha, where in the Australian Open we have the first semi-final lineup ready for both men and women singles. In the men's singles, we have Rafael Nadal facing Berrettini. Berrettini, he was the uh, losing Wimbledon finalist for those who remember. And Rafael Nadal defeated Shapovalov in a slightly controversial yet an interesting five-setter. And uh, they will be facing off each other in the first semi-finals. The other semi-finals will happen between the winner of the two remaining quarter-finals game. One of them is between uh, Daniel Medvedev, who himself is having a very, a very interesting time with the Australian Open crowd. He will be facing uh, the Canadian Felix Ogaroli CMA, people who uh, remember watching French Open. He had a pretty good French Open, uh, in fact, a French origin Canadian player. The other quarterfinal is between Sitsipas and Yannick Sinner. Now, the Nadal game 
he won the first two sets and Shapovalov came back winning the third and the fourth set and he had an incredible momentum going. However, mysteriously Nadal took a six-minute bathroom break and he came back and guess what? He won the fifth set 6-3. Now, isn't this happening quite a lot these days? I mean, this is a little shady. And I think Shalpalov called it out in the match. Like he, he after after the game, he said that this has happened far too often. Uh, he used the word rigged, uh, but I, mean, I don't know what to say. I don't particularly appreciate these breaks because it's very evident. Tennis is one sport where the break actually changes momentum uh, because the freedom of taking the break is on the player, not on the situation. Uh, like in football, there is a minute break. There is a break for you know temperature. It's given to both parties, no matter the momentum. But here, generally, the six-minute break always happen when the momentum is against that player. And I think that is a that is a something the rules have to change to protect that from happening. Because I think it's almost a hundred percent rate that when the momentum is against you, a break is taken and the momentum is gone. And it works completely the other way around. So I really feel for Shalpalov. He had a great comeback. I saw the highlights of that game. Uh, Nadal got lucky. Yeah. But I think uh, Nadal got very lucky. And his age is finally showing yeah. in that body of his. Yeah. True. Uh, so it's going to be testing for him in the semifinals for sure. Because if it goes five sets again, it will really be tough for him. Yeah. And uh, in the women's side, we have an Australian, Ashley Barty, the number one seed. Uh, she is still there. I apologize for what Mala just did. <laughs> Sorry. I cannot say Australia normally. I'll have to say Australia with an accent all the time. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be very honest. I really don't know the other contenders. None of them I have heard of before. So, which pretty much happens with every Grand Slam when it comes to women's singles. You always have a new player coming up all the time. I wanted Emma to do well, but then again, she lost in the first or second round itself. So, yeah. She made too much money, bro. <laughs> After Wimbledon, every single brand signed her. She's on every cover page. Uh, and she's gone, like, she's now the new Sharapova. Yeah, she won the Sports Personality of the Year, na? BBC Sports Personality of the Year. So, yeah, she is... Uh... Which means she'll, hope she'll never win a Grand Slam again. I hope she wins because <laughs> I really like her uh, because she's a great player. <laughs> hope she doesn't take the Andy Murray route. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a bit harsh. That's a little mean. Mean Bala today. All right, guys, that's about it for today's episode. We had a lot of fun recording it. Hope you had a lot of fun listening to it. Now, we will be back next week again with a lot of updates. And we are also working on a brand new format where we are going to go a little deeper into certain sports topics with also having all the updates within the same episode. And also, we will be coming up with a brand new video format also. Yes, you guys have been listening to our voices all this while. Hopefully, you will be able to see the faces and also like our faces. So, until then, it is bye from Bala. And bye from Ishan, guys. And happy Republic Day uh, to everyone listening to us in India. Have a great midweek holiday. Much needed break for all of us. 
Thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit the subscribe button and also please like we are literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us but also helps new listeners to find our podcast easily. You can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at the rate sports charcha. A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook at the rate the Jam Room Audio. Bye.